The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, good morning, church. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namslanje, Vandach, Nasichaye, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Man, I'm excited to be back. Amen. And uh, today we're going to, at the back end of what, you know, Pastor C was teaching, uh, running your own race, right? We're going to talk about this can be applied to your assignment. And really what I want to talk about is how to live in the supernatural, right? How to live in the supernatural. Someone once said, if we're not living our lives uh, in the supernatural, we are living them superficially. And so you don't want to be in the superficial, you want to be in the supernatural, amen. And uh, it's not what you think it is, really living in the supernatural. Uh, for most believers is, you know, when we get to do the religious stuff, the religious spooky stuff, that's what we think is supernatural. But really, uh, when we're talking about living in the supernatural, we're talking about God putting his super on your natural, God putting his blessing, his anointing, so that you and I can do things that we wouldn't be able to do ordinarily in our own strength. Amen. And this is God's call for all of us. He wants us to be able to uh, do this thing called life supernaturally. He's, he's calling us uh, to, to leave our lives to flow in the supernatural, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, this morning. And uh, quickly, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 14, and uh, I will be reading from verse 22. Matthew chapter number 14, verse 22, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They thought it was a ghost, right? And uh, verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? 
And when they had come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And so here we see Jesus experiencing uh, life in the supernatural. We see G uh, 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 Jesus, he lived that way, but we also see Peter experiencing what Jesus was experiencing uh, uh, in this place. But if we back down to verse 22, it says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And so it's Jesus gave them a word. His disciples, he gave them a word. And the word was, you know, go before me and go to the other side. Do you see that? And so the word was not, you know, go halfway and drown. Amen? The word was go all the way to the other side. The, wor the word that he gave them was uh, filled with the potential to reach the destination. Amen. And so the foundation to live uh, a supernatural life is having uh, the, the, the word of God on the inside of us. The foundation of the supernatural life is having a word from God's word. The logos, the written word of God has to become rematos or it has to come alive on the inside of us, personalize it so that we can stand on it. And when you stand on it as a personal word from God, this word has enough power in it to deliver you from where you are to your destination or your destiny, your purpose, your calling. Amen? But it all starts with God's word. That's the foundation of uh, living our lives uh, supernatural. Now, if the disciples had that this is a clever idea, let's just go over to the other side, there wouldn't be any power to sustain them on this journey. Can I get an amen? So all of us before we venture out, we need a word from God. The Bible is the only uh, book in the world that has the power to impart life onto the reader. You know, all the other books, and I have written a few books. Man, don't look at those books as, uh, as that, that says the law. It's just a book that Pastor T wrote. The Bible is the only book that's inerrant. The Bible is the only book that has the power. It's got historic facts, but beyond that is the living word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul, born and marrow, and it is the descent of the thoughts and the intents of man. Amen? The Bible can impart life while you're reading it. Life that will sustain you. Supernatural life. We're talking about living life in the supernatural, right? So it all starts with God's word. This has to be our foundation. Can I get an amen? And so the disciples had a word from the Lord. In verse 23, you know, we see another key here, key element uh, to, to, to living life in the supernatural. He says after Jesus, you know, sent the multitudes away, Jesus lived the supernatural. He sent the multitudes away. He went up into a mountain apart. The key word here you should capitalize is the word apart, not mountain. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's got to be said. We're in Africa. You just never know. The, the word you should capitalize is apart, not mountain. Amen? So he went into the mountain apart to pray. And the evening was coming. He was there alone. And so a second you know, key that we see living life in the supernatural is, man, we have to have time for intimacy with God. 
if you read in Mark chapter number 4, uh, it tells us that the word of God is like a seed, right? He sowed seed and some fell on uh, uh, the, the wayside, right? Uh, some fell on uh, stony ground and some fell on uh, thorny ground and some fell on uh, good ground. There are four different types of hearts. And the good news is, you, you know, if, fell, if your heart is wayside, there is hope. You are not wayside for life. Wayside. <laughs> no, you're not wayside for life. You can be good ground, right? But one part of being good ground is to uh, step away from the busyness of life. It says Jesus, you know, sent the multitudes away and he was apart from the crowd, spent time with God, intimate with God, so that he could uh, 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 let that word flourish. It says, uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter number four, he says the business of life, better known as the cares of this world. It says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choked the word so that it did not produce. I mean, it's graphic. Busyness literally has its hands on the word of God uh, uh, by the throat and it's, you know, strangling it, choking the life out of it. And so just being busy all the time, you know, just moving from point A to point B. Hey, we get making, I mean, you should make things happen and so on and so forth. But man, in the midst of making things happen, Jesus found time with God. He was apart, spending time with God. He was intimate with God. And I was sharing with our staff on Friday. We always have our staff meeting. And before that, we have a, a, a word of exhortation. And I was sharing with them. I said, those of you who are married, man, not only should you spend time alone with the Lord, you should also get into the habit, uh, a lifestyle uh, of, of praying together as husband and wife. Just one amen over here. Just one. Just one amen. Pastor, you don't understand. I can't stand him. Talk about praying together. I'm trying to help you. Amen. I said amen. And, and don't make it religious. Now, don't turn it into some religious thing that you do. You set the alarm and, uh, you know, 6 a.m. Husband prayer. Prayer time. You're going to hate it if you do that. Treat it like how you eat food. You know how you just go and, and pick a fruit and pick a snack, right? You, you don't plan that. You just, Man, I feel like I should grab me a lunch bar. I'm not recommending, you know, this is not... <laughs> I don't recommend junk food. Okay, maybe pick a salad, right? You pick a... No, but the lunch bar was, you know, so I'm not... Pick a salad, you know, just, just how you pick a healthy snack, right? And, and, and you, you do it that sporadically, right? And uh, spare of the moment, you feel, hey, we should pray together, husband and wife. Get together and pray together, amen? And you may be able to do it physically. Some of you may be able to do it on, on, on the phone. You may be able to do it on Zoom. And, but get in the habit of praying together as husband and wife. It's a part of being intimate with God so that as a family, you can also experience uh, the super on your natural efforts. Can I get an amen? Pray for, for your marriage. Pray for your children. Pray for your, for your health. Pray for your uh, businesses. Pray for the, the, the things that God has put on the inside of. Be on the same page. The reason why you need to do that is because there is no other place in the earth realm that you can accomplish the unity that you find in a marriage relationship, uh, uh, particularly in prayer. 
Because when, you, when it comes to husband and wife, it's different from business partners. Business partners, they get together and do a business deal together. They start a partnership. It's still two entities. But when it comes to husband and wife, Scripture tells us in Genesis 2.24 that the two shall become one flesh. It's talking about an intimate connection at the highest level of unity. Now imagine you start praying together and you are on the same page. Scripture tells us that if you touch and agree on anything, He's talking about just in general. But if you're husband and wife and you touch and agree on stuff, he says it will be established by our Heavenly Father. Can I get an amen? And so, man, this is a key principle. Uh, uh, walking, you know, stepping away for a bit from the business of life so that we can spend time with the Lord and be intimate with Him. I was telling the worship guys, you know, we started writing songs and the first album is out and man, it's beautiful. I was telling them that, you know, no one ever writes a worship song. Uh, worship songs are birthed out of a place of intimacy with God. Amen. You try to write that thing, man, you're going to mess it up. You just spend time with the Lord. The Lord will literally put uh, his words in your heart. He will put his song in your mouth. He says he puts a new song uh, in our mouth. Amen. I remember, you know, one of the uh, songs that I got to participate uh, in writing, man, it came to me while I was sleeping. And, and I, I, you know, I just love to spend time with the Lord. I love, you know, being alone and uh, with the Lord and just asking questions. And, you know, we have a real conversation when I'm with the Lord. Uh, you know, the, the, the one time I missed a flight. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret. I missed a flight that I had been early on. You know, it just didn't make any sense. We were supposed to go to Kimberley. And so I was early and the flight was delayed. And so I went up to try and grab some food. When I came back, they said, ah, oh, there's your plane over there. <laughs> And I tried to, they said, no, you're not allowed to get on the top. I said, man, I'm going to get that. And so I, I decided, you know what, I, I, we're doing a grace in the marketplace the next day. And this was the last, you know, a plane out of Joburg to Kimberley. And so I went and I rented a car and I drove through the night. I think I only got there at like two in the morning. But someone came to me and said, man, this must have been a lonely uh, trip. I said, no, it wasn't lonely. He was awesome because it was an opportunity for me and God just to spend five hours to, uninterrupted, five hours. Man, I could ask anything I wanted. And at time, I had five hours to wait for the answer. That was awesome. We spent time. I prayed in tongues. Man, it was awesome. And so you should never, ever feel lonely when you have a relationship with God. You can be alone, but you are never alone. Amen? And it says in verse 24, this, this is uh, people, we're talking about the disciples, right? They had a word from God, and they knew how to spend time with Jesus because they literally dropped everything to spend uh, a, a, a lifetime with Jesus. You remember the story? And it says of them, verse 24, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Just because you have a word from God and because you spend time with him does not mean you're going to be exempt from the storm of life just one amen over here just one amen amen, amen. there's gonna be storms things are gonna be contrary and in fact sometimes uh, you know you are in the will of God because of the kind of storms that come against you if you're swimming upstream you're gonna bump into some stuff amen if you're going in the opposite direction of the devil you are bound to bump into him but if you're going in the same direction, you may not bump into any of this stuff. Amen? And so just because you have a word from God does not exempt you from the storms of life. But don't give up. Don't quit. 
you stay on course. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Here's the good news. The very storms of life that are you know, troubling you, when you have a perspective of who Jesus really is, it's not, it's not, it's not you know, disturbing him anyhow. Jesus is walking all over your problems. He's on top of it. Amen? I said amen. Jesus is not falling over off the throne because, you know, a petrol price is now, you know, 30 rand. He's walking all over it. Can I get an amen? He says, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. They cried out for fear. They thought he was a, he was a ghost, and so they started, you know, they, they panicked. They started crying out. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Man, this is powerful. Uh, Jesus uh, comes to the disciples. They are freaked out. Because they look at Jesus, they think he's a ghost, number one. Number two, they are in the midst of a storm. Now, these, these boys are used to being out there on the sea. And so if they were afraid of the storm, it must have been a real storm. You know, half of them were fishermen, and so they were used to being out there in the raging sea, but it says they were afraid of this storm, so it was a real storm. And so when Jesus shows up and he sees this, the first thing he tells them is, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, this is interesting, it really is. I think, you know, we can learn a lot from this because really, Jesus, this is my, you know, my thinking. Jesus, you really want me to be of good cheer? I know exactly how you can do it. Quiet the storm first, and I'll be happy. <laughs> right? Change the environment. <laughs> I can guarantee you I'm going to be happy. No, Jesus, in the midst of the storm, is still raging. He gives them an instruction, be of good cheer. Why? Because it's not the environment that's the problem. It's what's happening on the inside of us. Hey, the storm can rage outside, but don't allow it to rage on the inside of you. Amen? Uh, you know, the scientists will correct me after service, but if you allow the pressure on the outside <laughs> to become greater than the pressure on the inside, then the submarine is going to you know, fold in, right? It's going to collapse. It's going to be crushed. And so you should never allow the pressure on the outside to be greater than the pressure that you have on the inside. And we have a pressure called praise. We have a pressure called being of good cheer. We have a pressure called being thankful. And when you allow that pressure to keep bubbling and, and grow on the inside of you, the environment does not matter. Can I get an amen? amen. Jesus comes to them and he says, be of good cheer. Wow, the storms are still raging. Man, this is powerful. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if this is you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. Jesus said to Peter, come. Essentially what uh, Peter is saying is, if that's you walking in the water, experiencing this supernatural lifestyle, can I also experience it? And Jesus makes an invitation for you and I to experience this supernatural lifestyle. And it is this word, come. And in this word, just one word, in this word, come had enough power to sustain Peter doing the supernatural. And you and I have 66 books. That have enough power to sustain us living our lives supernaturally. And he said, come. And when Peter was come 
down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Man, this is powerful. I like Peter. Because Peter looked at what was going on, and he looked at the environment, and he said, we are going down anyway. I may as well go down having fun. I mean, think about it. The ship is going down anyway. It doesn't matter what you do. But some people get comfortable just being in a ship that's going down. You know why? Uh, if, if our friends are on the ship, and misery loves company. As long as it's 11 of us, we can hold hands and cry together and sink together. Not Peter. Peter says, no, I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to experience what Jesus is experiencing. And if you're going to experience what Jesus wants you to experience in living life in the supernatural, you're going to have to step out of the boat. Better known as take some risks. Amen. I said in the first service, if you're not living on the edge, you're wasting too much space. It would have been comfortable to stay in the boat. But Peter said, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get out of the boat and I'm going to walk on water. Let's go quickly to 2 Kings chapter number 7. Let's go to 2 Kings uh, chapter number 7. We see a parallel over there. And uh, it's, 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 you know, the story of uh, the four lepers. And I'm going to read this one in the Message Bible. And this is what it says. It says, Elisha uh, said, listen, God's word. Whose word? God's word. See, it always starts, it's always going to start with God's word. Not our ideas, but God's word. Listen, God's word, the famine's over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful. And a handful of meal for a shekel, two handfuls for a grain of shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. Now, this is a word that was contrary to what was going on in the city. You know, Samaria was under siege. Uh, there was a, a drought in the city. I mean, the drought was so bad, people were selling, you know, uh, a cow dung uh, and, and making money off of it. People were eating their children. And here comes this prophet with a word uh, that, uh, you know, contradicts the, the, the experiences and the environment that these people are in. He says this. He says the famine will be over this time tomorrow. And there's going to be lots of food. From eating dung to lots of food. What are you talking about? And so he says in verse 2, The attendant on whom the king leaned for support said to the holy man, You expect us to believe that? Trap doors opening in the sky, food tumbling out. And then this is what the prophet said. He said, You will watch it with your own eyes. And he said, But you will not eat as much as a mouthful. And so someone may be sitting in service today thinking, Hey, Pastor T, I don't believe in this supernatural stuff. I don't believe in, you know, living my life. Don't worry about it. If you don't believe it, God won't force it on you. Did you see that? He said, oh no, don't worry about it. It's going to happen. It's still going to happen for those who believe. But if you don't believe, don't worry about it. It just won't happen for you. And I like God. He doesn't force stuff on us. He says, you will watch it with your own eyes, but you will not eat as much as a mouthful. Verse 3, it happened that four lepers were sitting uh, just outside the city gate. These four lepers were just in the same uh, uh, scenario that uh, uh, Peter and the disciples were in. They're sitting in a, in, a, in a stormy place, right? They're outside the city gate. They had been kicked out because they had uh, leprosy. And they said one to another, what are we doing sitting here at death's door? 
you know, sitting in the boat. You know, the boat is going down. But man, you, you just want to stay in there? Man, it's time to get out. Amen? He says, what are we doing here sitting at death's door? If we enter the famine-struck city, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's take our chances. Hey, let's die having fun. This is the way you should live life, if you have a word from the Lord. He said, hey, let's, let's take our chances, right? Let's take our chances. If they receive us, we'll leave. If they kill us, we'll die. We've got nothing to lose. Man, I want to talk to someone who's been contemplating starting a brand new career. This may be a word for you this morning. Thank God you came to church. I want to talk to someone who's been thinking about moving cities, moving countries. In fact, I like missionaries. I like uh, crazy people like that. I like people who just listen to God and, and make it happen. They say, man, the Lord, where? I'm going to go. Boom. They, I like people like that. Man, people like that can hear God. Oh, just one amen over here. Just one amen. It's, a, it's a comfortable church. We just like to... Oh, hallelujah. Verse 5. So, uh, after the sun went down, they got caught up and went to the camp of Aram. When they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, not a man in the camp. The master, the master, who might be the master? God, right? The master had made the army of the Aram hear the sound of horses and an, a mighty army on the march. Look, when, when, you, when you decide to step out of the boat, when you decide to take an action uh, by faith, even God Almighty says, you know what? I'm going to join in on the fun. We're talking about four lepers. And uh, leprosy is a... Uh, degenerative disease, right? What that means is uh, if, it, if you have leprosy, you have limbs falling off, eyes could be, you know, falling off. And I mean, these guys, you're talking about four guys that had missing limbs. You're talking about four guys that had not much strength, but they decide we're going to do something by faith. They decide we're going to take our chances. They decide we're going to take a risk. And uh, because of that, God says, I'm going to take their effort and put my super on their natural, and I'm going to make my, their natural sound explosive. Did you read that? He says four guys. They are walking. Four guys, just four guys, they are walking and missing limbs, missing eyes. They're just limping towards the enemy's camp, and God puts a microphone on their feet. Come on. Wow. Amplifies that thing, and he adds effects to it. <laughs> Did you see that? God adds effects to it. He puts a loudspeaker in there. He puts the sound of horses. He even said, man, I'm going to put extra. He puts a, four guys get a sound of horses, and so in the enemy's camp, Four guys are approaching. What they hear is, whoa. Ahoo, ahoo. Four guys with missing limbs. And here we have a church with all their limbs. Four guys with missing limbs. They're just going, ahoo, ahoo, ahoo. And the, and the horses. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. With my kid, you know, my, my kid, the, the oldest one, she was two, she went to crash. And so they were learning the, the sounds, the animal sounds, right? And uh, she came back home and she was teaching, you know, one of our helpers, you know, the animal sounds. And so she got to the pig and she said, the pig is oink, oink, and the auntie couldn't. She said, nah, the pig, the pig is not oink, oink, oink. <laughs> she said, the pig is... <laughs> And so we have a two-year-old going back to school. She said to the teacher, no, the pig is not going. My auntie told me the pig is. 
it. And man, I'm telling you, God puts effect to their effort. Sound of horses, a mighty army on the march. Then the enemy, listen to this, this is powerful. They told one another, the king of Israel has hired the king of the Hittites and the king of Egypt to attack us. They panicked, they ran for their lives through the darkness, abandoning tents, horses, donkeys, the whole camp just as it was. Running for dear life, these four lepers entered the camp and went into the tent. First, they ate and drank. Then they grabbed silver, gold, uh, uh, clothing, went off and hid it. And they came back, entered another tent, looted it again, and uh, 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 hiding their plan. See, w when you're moving from, this is powerful, someone needs to catch this. When you're moving from a place of scarcity and you come to a place of abundance, you need a mindset shift. The reason why these boys were, were grabbing and hiding stuff is because they were still functioning at the level of scarcity. I remember we were in college, and uh, there, there was so much scarcity. We went to this uh, place, and uh, it was just before, you know, I, I got born again, and so, you know, we would go there and drink beer, right? And so uh, what would, the first thing we would do when we would show up at a party is to grab all the drinks and go hide them in the bushes. Because the mindset was, man, this stuff is going to run out. So you grab all the drinks, go hide them in the bushes. We went to this party, man. This party was an uh, uh, abundance party. We went and hid all the, those drinks in the bushes. And I mean, the, the drinks kept flowing. <laughs> and we realized the ones in the bushes were too hot to drink. <laughs> and we took them out. <laughs> Gave them back. Can I put that in a sermon? And so these guys, the reason they're acting this way is because they're still at the level of what? Scarcity, right? And so we need to move from scarcity to abundance. It's a part of living and enjoying this supernatural lifestyle. Verse 9. Finally, they transition now from scarcity to abundance. Watch this. Verse 9. Finally, they said one to another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is the day of good news. Listen, when the good news really hits you, you've got to start thinking this way. This is the day of good news, and we are making it into a private party. <laughs> if we wait around until morning, we'll get caught and punished. Come on, let's go tell the good news to the king's palace. And so the purpose of enjoying and living this supernatural lifestyle with a supernatural abundance attached to it is so that we can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. The question I always constantly ask, him, ask myself is, what am I doing for God? What am I doing for the kingdom of God? How am I helping? She said our purpose uh, last week is to know God, right? And to make him known. So even in the marketplace, our purpose is to know God and to make him known. Amen. You know, um, one of my mentors, uh, Billy Eppard, shared his story about when he was, uh, he had retired at the age of 50 because he had made all the money in the world. And so he'd wake up and sit on the veranda and just enjoy the sun until his wife, Miss Beck, went and took a shotgun and, and came to him and said, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't get up from that couch, I'm going to blow your head. And just finish it right now. And then he realized in that moment that life was worth more than just being comfortable. Can I get an amen? And this is what these boys realized. That it's the day of good news. We shouldn't turn it into a private party. What are we doing to make sure that the gospel is preached to the nations? Amen. 
And so these boys decided they were going to go out there and, uh, and share this, this news with everybody. They said to one another, hey, we shouldn't be turning this into a private party. If we wait around until morning, we'll get caught and punished. Come on, let's go tell the news to the king's palace. And I like these boys because they had courage. They had a boldness about them. They said, you know what, we're going to take a step of faith. Sometimes you can walk out of the boat, take a step of faith, even when you're afraid. Yeah. In fact, you should do it <laughs> afraid. Just step out, be of good cheer, step out. And a lot of people don't know this about, about me, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. This is a secret. Can you guys keep a secret? I'm going to share this with you. <laughs> this is a secret. Is that every time I get up to preach, I'm shaking in my boots. Every time. I have butterflies in my, in my tummy every time. And I was sharing this same thing with another preacher, and they said to me, they said, man, <laughs> me too. <laughs> You know, I thought they could pray me out of it and deliver me out of it. They said, oh, no, me too. Everybody gets to. You know why? Because every time you do something for God, it's always bigger than what you can do in the natural. You always need God. Man, sad is the day where you can do something for God in your own strength and you never, ever need God. Amen? And so they went with God. They were afraid. And God helped them out. Can I get an amen? amen. And it says here, uh, verse, uh, verse number 10. So they went and called out at the city gates, uh, telling what had happened. We went to the camp of Aram, and surprised there was no one. Uh, it was, the place was deserted. Not a soul, not a sound. Horses, donkeys, left tethered, and uh, tents abandoned just as they were. The gatekeepers got the word to the royal palace, giving them the whole story. Roused in the middle of the night, the king told his servants, let me tell you what Aram has done. There's always someone, you know, who has clever ideas of trying to explain God's breakthrough. He said they knew that they were starving, so they left the camp. They hid in the field, thinking when uh, they come out of the city, we'll capture them alive and take the city. One of his advisors answered, let some men go and take five of the horses left behind. The worst that can happen is no worse than what could happen to the whole city. So let's sacrifice these five boys. So let's send them and find out what's happened. They took the chariots with the horses. The king sent them after the army of Aram with the orders, scout them out, find out what happened. They went after them all, uh, all the way to the Jordan. The whole way was uh, strewn with clothes uh, and equipment that Aram had dumped in their panicked flight. The scouts came back and reported to the king. The people then looted the camp of Aram, and watch this now, Food prices dropped overnight and a handful of meal for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel, God's word to the letter. Now, I'm not saying food prices are going to drop in South Africa. But what I'm saying is food prices can drop in your personal economy. 50 rand a liter can feel like one rand a liter with God. Amen. I said amen. You choose to believe that word, God will turn it around. Man, this is awesome. The king ordered his attendant, the one he leaned on for support, to be in charge of the city gate. Man, I just heard a word from the Lord. Some of you are going to get a word of of prophecy that is bigger than where you are right now and there's going to be a great 
uh, temptation, just like this attendant, to speak against it. To, some of you have already been doing that. And I believe after service, you may have to go back and repent and speak life into that prophetic word. Amen. 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 It's really a prophetic word from God. It's going to be bigger than your current reality today. Always bigger. I remember in 2014, I think it was, we had a, a, a friend of ours, you know, uh, came into the country. He wasn't a friend then, but we just met with him then. He, was a, he has a prophetic ministry, and he came. It was 12 of us. It's you probably remember. We were sitting in a circle, and it was 12 of us, midweek service, and he came, and he started prophesying, and he came to uh, Pastor C and I. He started prophesying. He says, you know, I have called you uh, to be a voice to the continent of Africa. Man, just like Sarah. I started laughing on the inside. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but thank God for uh, wives who are more in tune with, with God than the husbands. And so she said to me, don't laugh at that thing. She said to me, she said, I, I told her, I said, man, I don't know. That was a little far-fetched. She said to me, don't, don't curse that word. She said, if you don't believe it, just pack it somewhere. Put it in the shelf, somewhere, but don't speak against it. Don't curse that word. Because if you curse it, like the attendant, you disqualify yourself from experience. You are releasing doubt and unbelief. And so she told me, I repented. I went before the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't take your word for it. And I repented before the Lord. And uh, the Lord, in a few years later, started unfolding. She said, uh, the, the prophetic word was, you're going to be a voice to the continent of Africa. And at the time, it didn't look like it. Right? Two years later, we got an opportunity to be on television. And this is what God did through that broadcast without any form of marketing or anything. Uh, while we were on television, our, our TV program was the second, if not third, I don't remember uh, uh, correctly, but on the continent of Africa, we were the second, if not the third, most watched uh, broadcast on the continent of Africa on that television station. That prophetic word came to pass. Amen? Amen? And if you don't curse the words that are spoken over you, if you don't curse the destiny by aligning yourself more to the environment. See, you can't be more in tune with the drought than you are with the word of God. That was, that, that was the problem with the attendant. He was more in tune with struggle than he was with the word of God. That is trying to deliver him out of it. Amen? And so we, we went on there, and uh, we've been on there uh, on television, some form of television for at least, you know, five years now. And, and, and this is what's awesome about it is that everywhere we go, you bump into people and they say, man, I watch you, and you are a blessing to me. It's the word said, a voice to the continent of Africa. And God kept adding uh, towards that. But man, I'm telling you, that's what you need. You need to receive this word. I was at the airport. We were at the airport on Tuesday. We were at the airport on Tuesday picking up my uh, 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 mother-in-law. She was flying in from Australia. And while we were waiting on the waiting area, some lady walked up to us and she said, are you, she couldn't pronounce my surname. She said, are you a pastor? Uh, such as I, Butet, she, she couldn't pronounce. I said, yeah, I, I'm the one you're talking about. She said, you're my pastors. <laughs> I said, from where? She said, I watch you all the time on television. I watch you all the time on YouTube, Instagram. on Instagram. She said, I watch you all the time on Instagram. And, and what's happening is God is taking the little natural efforts we are putting in here and is putting in super on it and it's reaching who it needs to reach. Yeah. Amen. 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 I, the other one, I was at uh, 
the Lanseria airport and I wanted to change some flights and so on and so forth and I'm there changing some flights and, it, and, and man, you won't believe it was way back in the days of masks and I'm wearing my mask and you know, we're trying to get help from this lady and uh, she's helping but it's taking long. It's taking too long. And you know, I'm about to take my anointing off so I can just... <laughs> it's taking too long, man. I'm, anybody ever felt like that? Man, man, it's taking too long. I feel like, you know, taking matters into my own hands. And thank God I didn't. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I didn't. I didn't do that. And, uh, and uh, she said to me right at the end, she said, are you a pastor? I said, yes, I am. Why are you asking? She said, I watch you all the time. I said, Father, I thank you <laughs> for making me stay calm. <laughs> you know, I was about to, I was, but I say this to say this, that don't curse the words of prophecy that have been said over your life. Amen? Amen. Man, some of you are gifted in just speaking against anything good about yourself. No, no, no. I've met people who are really good at, at you, you pass them a compliment. Oh, these days you look, oh, you look great this day. Ah, yeah, you know, ah, no, not really. <laughs> Not really, eyes. no, no, just accept the, the thing that, you know, people are speaking life, right? Oh, man, you look great, you look, uh, no, not really, and, and it, you know, it's really not humility, and if you're not, if you're not careful, you can become proficient in rejecting anything great about yourself. God is trying to speak some glad tidings, some big things over his church. But we've become proficient at just, you know, rejecting it. And so, uh, what verse am I on? Verse, uh, verse 20, verse 18. Every word that the holy man had given to the king, a handful of meal uh, for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel, this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, with the attendant sarcastic reply. Don't get sarcastic with God's things now. <laughs> don't play with God's things. When, when God is giving you a word, receive it with reverence. And I, I teach this particularly to us, the grace crowd. Sometimes we get too comfortable with God. We just kind of grace it out in any kind of way we want. And we don't realize that God is still God Almighty. And we must still approach Him with reverence and honor and receive from Him as God Almighty. Sometimes we're just kind of taking, you know, uh, God Almighty for granted. Just kind of, you know, because after all, it's all by grace. But no, man, you still need to have honor and reverence for God. He is still God Almighty. Can I get an amen? amen. And so it says here, uh, you know, the, the sarcastic uh, reply, you expect us to believe that. Trap doors opening in the sky, food tumbling out, followed by the response. Uh, you will watch it with your own eyes, but you won't eat it so much as a mouthful. Proved true. It proved true. The final stroke came when the people trampled the man uh, to death at the city gate. Man, it didn't end right. It ended in, in death. But if you go back to exhibit A, uh, Matthew chapter number 14, after Peter had walked on water, it says this. It says uh, in verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, notice in verse uh, 24, he saw Jesus walking on the sea. When you see Jesus, you can experience uh, the supernatural. You can live your life in the supernatural. When you see the environment, uh, the environment will begin to suck you in. And you're going to be fearful. And you will sing. So our focus should be on Jesus and not the environment. Can I get an amen? It says when he saw 
the wind boisterous. This is why we should walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith means we see Jesus, we're looking at Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. Walking by sight means we are observing the environment. Scripture says in Ecclesiastes, it says there is he that observes the environment and that man never puts any seed in the ground. Man, if you are always observing the environment, uh, you're going to be fearful. Amen? But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, I mean, let's think about it. Let's think about it for a minute. Uh, why is Peter even looking at the wind? He couldn't have walked on water if it was a blue sky, sunny day, and the water was as smooth as glass. He couldn't have done it. Even if the environment was perfect, walking on, on water is a supernatural act. And so why are you looking at something that had nothing to do with it in the first place? As I came to tell someone that you were doing well not because of your qualifications. You were doing well not because the, in, the environment was created to support you. The reason you are doing well is not because the economy is intact, waterproof, and that it does not have any leaks on it. The reason you are doing well is because God has put his super on your natural. So it doesn't matter what changes on the outside. It doesn't matter what changes on the environment. I'm still going to do well because it didn't have anything to do with that in the first place. And so why are you, Peter, why are you all of a sudden, you know, observing the, the, the current trends in the economy? The reason you're doing well has never been the economy. The reason you're doing well has been Jesus, and Jesus is still there. Amen. How many of you know that he will never leave us nor forsake us? Amen. He will never desert us. Amen? amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so God... Is always with us. Oh man, I know I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna lose some of you, but I'm gonna say it anyway. The Holy Ghost put it in my heart. Even if petrol goes to a hundred rand a liter, that's not the reason why we were doing well in the first place. Amen. Amen. Man, I'd prefer it at ten rand, but even if it changes, that's not the reason why we were doing well. The reason we are doing well is because God Almighty has put His super on our natural. And so there is no need to fear. But watch what he says here. He says, uh, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. It's interesting that he didn't say, and he sank. He says, beginning to sink. It's talking about the inevitability of events. You know, when we, when we don't uh, uh, stand on God's word, we're not, you know, intimate with Jesus, and we're not of, 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 a, of a good cheer, if we're not, you know, rejoicing. Again, I say rejoice. There's a thing that begins to happen called beginning to sink. You know, no one ever just comes to our office and says, you know, Pastor, I want a divorce. When did that happen? Yesterday. No, 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 no. There's a thing called the inevitability of events. There's a, there's a process. It started somewhere and you didn't arrest it. Beginning to sink. He didn't say he sank, right? Beginning to sink. There was, there was something that had started. The process of, of, uh, of, of going down the slippery slope had started. And I like Peter because when he noticed right at the beginning of beginning to sink, not after he sank, six feet deep. 
Because he's tried this, that, and the other. Peter, when he noticed, hey, we are beginning to sink, what did he do? He cried out saying, Lord, not economy, not government. What did he say? Because he knew the reason I was doing well before was the Lord. And so if I'm beginning to sink, I'm going to turn back to the Lord. Turn back to the Lord. And what did the Lord do? The Lord, man, I love Jesus. The Lord immediately. Man, this is awesome. He didn't wait a week, two weeks. Immediately, Jesus will do something. When you cry, Lord, do something. Immediately, he stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said that to him, O thou of little faith, uh, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they had come into the ship, the wind ceased. Now, what's interesting about verse 32 is, after Jesus caught Peter, he didn't say, cut to the storms. Cut, cut this scene. We're going to walk back, you know, to... no. The storm was still raging, and they still walked back to the boat. The storms only ceased when they had gotten to the boat. So Peter still walked on the water during the stormy seasons of life. And I know there's someone here who's been praying, Lord, just stop the storm. And God is saying, no, let's just have fun while the storm is raging. It's awesome. When you, when you have fun, while the storm is raging, hey, people will know this, this wasn't you. This has to be God. Amen? Amen? This has to be God. It, it wasn't you. And it says in verse 33, And they that were in the ship uh, came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, You are the Son of God. And when they had gone over, they reached their destiny. They reached the destination. They came into the land of Gennesaret. And why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Man, I believe uh, uh, there's someone here uh, this morning. God is calling you to your place called there. And you've been, you've been debating, uh, sitting in the boat. Uh, in a way, this is... Uh, kind of, you know, uh, counterproductive, right, for a pastor. But I'm telling you, uh, God is calling some of you uh, to step out of the boat. He's calling some of you to uh, move cities. And you've been thinking about it. And uh, you've been thinking it's just you. But man, I'm telling you, it's God. Amen. Uh, some of you, God has, has put a, a, a nation on your heart. He's put a different nation on your heart. And uh, you, you can't explain it, but uh, he's calling you to that nation. In a way, it's counterproductive because we, we would love to have you here. But uh, God is calling you to, to take a step of faith and get out of the boat. And uh, as long as you sit in the boat, you, you're going to go to heaven. But you won't experience the supernatural life here on earth. And so for some of you, you know, God is really... I was talking to a young man that I mentor in this church. He came to me. He said, Pastor, God is calling me to go to this country. And uh, so we prayed about it. He said that he wasn't sure. And uh, only last week he became sure about a different country, a different city altogether. And he says, this is where God is calling me. And within a week, God prepared an interview for him. 
and he met with some people and he passed the interview now he's going to the last stages of the interview and they're going to be moving into a different country and doing what god has put in their hearts to do it's taking a step of faith out of the boat and they're going to be walking on 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 water amen and they're going to pay for him yeah he said they're going to pay for him all the relocation listen you at your place called there that's where your provision is amen now some of you god is calling you to step out and start a business god is calling you he's put that in your heart and now don't try to do that in your own strength amen don't try to do that in your own strength we never ever try to do anything in our own strength otherwise you're going to create an ishmael uh you always wait on the lord uh to release his grace over something before you step into it and man i'm telling you as you step into it you'll begin to experience this supernatural lifestyle amen i said amen you know pastor c and i we've been in places territories uh that i've never been before and i like it because then you know god's grace can become evident on our lives we can begin to start taking advantage of god's grace of our lives things we are unqualified to do man god will just release his grace and say man i want you to do this as you step out it's scary just like preaching here every sunday it's scary you come up these stairs yourself you try it next just come up these stairs at then at the end of the service and if you feel you can do it you probably going to mess it up if, if you're too confident come on give me that thing you're probably going to mess it up amen and so you depend on that on that strength on that word come that word that god has spoken over you man i'm telling you he himself will begin to open doors of opportunity uh, for you and you begin to step out and and begin to enjoy uh, what the lord has for you it's it's there for you it's there for you it's there for you it's available for you amen i was talking to one young lady at the end of the service she said man that was my answer to the decision that i need to make in my life i know exactly what to do they're getting ready to take a big gigantic step of faith and it's scary it's like stepping out of the boat and the storms are raging because the environment is saying you shouldn't be doing this you are not qualified to do this you are not the right person that's what the storms were screaming at peter telling him you and you you peter you think you lightning will strike and the water will turn up the heat and just you know scare the living lights out of you but here's the truth of the matter is that if you have that word you step out on that word man there is enough provision in that word for you to experience uh the supernatural amen is there it's available for all of us father in the name of jesus we just thank you lord we thank you for you have called us to do the impossible lord we thank you for you have called us to uh, walk by faith and not by sight and we know that faith in and of itself is a risk we know that faith taking a step of faith in and of itself is a risk all of the fathers uh, of faith uh, took a risk abraham didn't know that there was a ram caught in the thicket before he put isaac on the altar peter and john didn't know the next verse before they reached out to the cripple 
the lame man and say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so, Father, this morning we pray that just as Peter stepped out of the boat, just as the four lepers got up and began to walk in the direction of their greatest fear, Lord, I pray, Father, that you may put a word in each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have a destination and a destiny for all of us. And Lord, I thank you that as you put that word on the inside of us, we pray now for every single person that you may also give us the courage, the boldness, the strength to follow through. It may look intimidating. The storms, cloudy day, dark, lightning striking, water levels rising. Lord, I thank you that in the midst of all that opposition, you will give us strength, you will give us courage, you will give us a trust and a dependency on you to still walk by faith and not by sight, to still step out of the boat and walk on water. I break all limits right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I break all limits right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for doing it. What it is, it's just a glass ceiling. That's what it is. That's what it is. And that's a word for someone this morning. That's a, that's a word for you, uh, Pumlani. That's a word for you, Karen. That's, it's, just a, it's not a real, uh, it's a glass ceiling. And, and, and don't be intimidated. It's time to leap as hard as you can. And you're going to shatter the, grass, the glass into your next level. And I see this is a word uh, uh, for, for all of us this morning that, you know, some of you, God has called you and you've been walking, you've been plodding. It's been feeling like a heavy walk up the mountain. It's a plod. But God is bringing you onto a travel uh, belt and uh, uh, travelator. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the feet underneath your, the ground underneath your feet is also moving as you move by faith. Just like the four lepers. God is going to multiply your effort. As you put in the natural effort, God will put his super and it will be uh, multiplied. And sometimes even when you get tired and you just stand still, the ground underneath you will still be moving. He's moving you to your destiny and to your destination. Don't be intimidated. Don't be frightened. Do not allow your hearts to grow weary. Do not look at the past and use that as a barometer for who you are. God is bringing you into a place of bright light. It will shine and continue to get brighter and brighter until the brightness of noon. Thank you, Father, for these, your children. Thank you that there is an increase. There is a growth. There is a supernatural exponential growth that's coming into these, your children's lives. I, I speak against uh, the spirit of, you know, taking uh, their lives for granted, taking the words spoken over them for granted, uh, forgetfulness of those words. I speak against it. Lord, I pray right now that you may bring them 
to their remembrance, even as uh, Tanasha uh, taught today, to, to remember, to remember, to remember the first word that was spoken over them. To remember the first word spoken over them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now for you tonight, you thought you were preaching to them, but God was preaching to you. It's time to remember the first word that God spoke to you over this calling of God that he has for you in the marketplace, in the entrepreneurial space. It's not time to get weary. It's not time to get tired. It's not time to get hurt. It's not time to get disappointed. It's time to be of good cheer. And God is bringing new clothes on you. He's bringing new shoes on you as you step into new places. And this time is going to be easier because the super is on your natural. And you will rise to the top of the mountain and it will feel effortless. It's not going to feel like a man going up a hike. It's going to feel like a man going up the mountain on, on, a, on a mountain train. And you look when you're at the top of the mountain, you look back and say, how did this happen? Because the Lord will do it swiftly. He's going to do it quickly. He's going to do it speedily. As you take a step of faith and punch above your weight class, God will put his super on your natural. Thank you, Lord Jesus. No limits. No limits here. No limits here. No limits here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, this, this is scary uh, uh, for you, uh, Tanasha, but the Lord will literally uh, make you assured of uh, uh, a kind of wealth that if you are not grounded in him, it will throw you off. He will make you assured of a wealth that if you're not grounded in him, it, it has the potential to throw you off. And so it's time to prepare for that wealth. It's time to be grounded in him as you step out of the boat. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. The years that the cankerworm, the years that have been lost, uh, God is a redeemer of time and he will bring it back. He will bring it back tenfold, a hundredfold. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for doing it. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And someone said, Amen. <coughs> now there's a tendency... When, when uh, words, words of prophecy are spoken over Amen you, and amen. Uh, we receive the powerful word that was spoken this morning. And as Pastor has said, remove all limitations. We're encouraging you at home this morning. And so on and so forth. And man, uh, what I recommend is you just take that word and say, Lord, I receive it. You do your thing. Amen. Amen. 
you do your thing. You know, we, we got that word, you, you were there, we got that word that we're to be a voice in the continent of Africa. And God just recently has given us a word that it will be a global voice and he keeps adding to it, right? And it keeps getting scarier and scarier and scarier. But instead of speaking against it, what you do is you, 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 you just nurture that word. You, you put it somewhere where you can see it, you print it out, you read it all the time. The greatest person that you're working on is not God. So don't pray and try, God, I need, no, God has already released that word. The greatest person you're going to be working on is yourself. Because it's going to take some believing for you to step into that word and say, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Listen, some of you, as you take that word and you try to act on it, He's going to remind you of all kinds of reasons. Valid in the natural. Oh my goodness. He's going to give you ten. You get that word? He'll give you ten reasons why it can't be you. Oh man, who do you think? You? And you don't, you don't buy into the lie of the enemy. Amen? I said amen. You receive that word. You stand in it and God will bring it to pass. Did that bless you? Man, it blessed me. Praise God. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv dot tv